0: everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pillasoff, and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and a list of wonderful divorce professionals. What is it like to be a 50-something-year-old woman who is divorced? That is what I am. And that is what my guest is. So I'm sitting here with Joanne Lippman. I call her Jo. Jo is a financial advisor, a mom of two kids? Three. Three kids. I knew that. That's all right. <laughs> and we're both women in our 50s. We're both divorced. And originally, we were going to do a podcast and talk about like finances. But we said, you know what? Let's talk about real things that women in their 50s who are divorced face, what we like about it, the challenges, how we feel physically, emotionally, and all this stuff. And I think to my listeners, what you're going to find is a little bit of like what to expect if you are turning 50 or something and you're wondering what it's like to be in your 50s. Or if you're younger and divorced, this you will be able to relate to this as well. So, Jo, thanks for coming over.
1: Thank you for having me over. So
0: nice of you. Before we start talking, I just want to give you a little background on Joanne. Jo is a financial advisor for Eagle Strategies. Okay, She has an MBA. She has all these other certifications in finance. And Joe, how long have you been working as a financial advisor? About 8 years. And Joe's a mom of 3, as I said, she's divorced, been divorced for a while, and she works with divorced women. So if you want to reach out to Joe, she can be found on the Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Partner page under financial advisors. So, with that said, let's start here, Joe, and let's talk about your divorce. You just told me Joe was
1: 38 when she got divorced, had
0: never dated, dated her husband since high school.
1: So, I was 37 when I got divorced. Uh, my kids were six, nine, and 11 or so. Um, I was terrified for them, you know, and I didn't ever have any dating or other relationship experience, so I had no idea even where to start or what to do with that or how that was going to go. And I think my primary focus was really getting the kids, making sure the kids would be stable and making sure career-wise I was in a good place because everything did feel like it just came crashing down. Now, were you working the whole time as a mom? I was not working the whole time as a mom, almost the whole time. And then I stepped back at sort of the worst possible timing in terms of had I known a divorce was coming shortly thereafter. So I had been back to work, but I was sort of rebuilding into my career. It wasn't easy. Let's just say when I got divorced, that was not easy. What wasn't easy about it? And then I'll tell you what wasn't easy about it for me. Sure. So part of it was straight money, right? Finances, it was difficult to be single mom and three kids in, let's see, at the time, three different schools or two. I don't know. I always said, like, gosh, I need a wife. <laughs> you know, I can't keep track of the right. bus schedules, the lunch schedules, the forms. The like, driving, oh the after gosh.
0: school activities.
1: There's yeah. a ton. I would get an email from a PTO or something that would say, like, uh, if you haven't joined the PTO yet, and I'd be like, you got to tell me if I do. PTA. Sorry, right? PTA. <laughs> PTO right? is paid time for. Oh, off. my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> yes, PTA. I think uh-huh. they call PTO now, whatever. Right. But so, um, yes, I had, um, you know, I get an email that would say like, uh, if you haven't signed up for the, whatever, this or the directory, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't, I signed up for something. <laughs> Somebody was signed know. up, and I don't know. It's just overwhelming. It was overwhelming, you know, just the concept of doing it on your own, and even for some of us who felt like we did most or all of it, not having a fallback. Right And, not, and not
0: have it. You didn't have a job when you did all of it. Right Now you have to do all of it and, and have a job. a job. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, was,
1: it it was just, I think overwhelming is the best word that you said. Another thing that was really
0: scary for me was technology. Because mm-hmm. technology had changed. I had not worked in several years. Mm-hmm. And the technology was so different that I was very intimidated by it. Didn't have belief in myself. Was mm-hmm. very insecure as far as... My self-worth, self-confident, and self-confidence. And it was just scary to me. And then you're right, the child care part. I was like, who's gonna take care of my kids? I don't trust anyone. Right. And that was scary for me Mm -hmm. too. But I want to tell people, if you're in this predicament, please trust child care people. They're good people. If you hire the right person and you do do your due diligence with interviewing and picking the right person, it's going to be completely fine and you're not even missing that much. What are you missing? Like
1: play dates and things and, you know. Kids will be fine, right? That's what I've yes. learned right through the whole thing. Kids, you know, they need you to love them. hmm They need to know that you're there and then if you aren't the one driving them and picking them up to school every day or driving them to a friend's house or being there when a friend comes over, but you're there to spend time at dinner and listen and laugh and, you know, give them a bath if they're that age, or whatever it may be, they're gonna be fine. Like, kids will be fine. And
0: they will respect you more. Yes. They will learn from you, learn by example, see yeah. that their mother is working, yeah. and they'll appreciate you more, right. and the quality of time will be better when you're with them. There True. are so many pluses. We could do a whole I was a better podcast. mom as a working
1: mom, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. And I think it was good for my daughter, but it was just as good for my sons.
0: You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pillisoff and my guest, financial advisor, and divorced mom, Joanne Littman. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to fast forward to what our lives are like now and what it's like to be a 50-something divorced mom. We'll be right back. Dating after divorce can seem really scary. Showing vulnerability, trusting someone again, and trusting yourself to choose the right people are some of the daunting and challenging aspects that come into play. Some people who are getting divorced haven't dated in five years, 10 years, 20, even 30 years, and they're not even sure they know how to date anymore. So to help you through your dating journey, I want to recommend dating and love coach Maria Spears. So Maria, oh my gosh, is wonderful. I have really gotten to know her. She is so warm, so compassionate, has been there herself. She's divorced. She's done this whole online dating thing. And Maria has been a dating and love coach since 2015. So she's very experienced. I'm telling you, you're going to love her. To learn more, go to maria-spears.com or you can find her in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to recommend a divorce attorney in Massachusetts. So if you live in that area, I would highly recommend Catherine Becker Good. So Catherine brings 35 years experience as a divorce attorney. She is just wonderful, truly compassionate, treats every client in a very individualized way so that they feel like they're her only client. She is just a lovely person. But make no mistake, great attorney, really smart, will fight for you, and is a huge fan of getting divorced via mediation. So you can find Katherine Becker Good at cbgoodlaw.com or in the Trusted Partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm sitting here with financial advisor Joanne Littman. The two of us are going to get into talking about what it's like to be a 50-something-year-old divorced mom. So fast forward, Joe. Now, you and I are both talking about when we were in this place of insecurity, going back to work, young kids, trying to do it all, Mm -hmm. really scary, really mourning the divorce, to now. So just to my listeners, Joe and I are both in our 50s. We are both, well, I mean, Joe, I've known you for about five years. You seem like a really happy person. I am. Very healthy to me every time I see you, emotionally healthy. You give wonderful advice when I see you online. Thank you. And I just feel like you're in a good place, and I'm in a good place. Yeah. So let's tell my listeners why we're in such a good place and what it's like to be in your 50s, divorced for a while.
1: Sure. What do you think? Anything come to mind? So I think we're wiser, you know, and I think that wisdom serves us well, right? I think that I, sometimes I think like, gosh, if I had known or, or been able to do this when I was younger, maybe things would be a little bit different and I'm not even just talking about marriage and divorce stuff. But I think that life experiences really do mean something. Now, I wouldn't have believed a lot of what we're going to talk about when I was first divorced at mm-hmm. 37 years old, or maybe even, well, I, I, maybe, first divorced when, when I was 37. I, I was, I mean, my world, so if people are listening going, like, well, it's really nice for them, but, you know, kind of yeah. thing. I wouldn't have believed it either. So I think that... You know, you said fast forward and there's a lot missing in there, right? About time and trials and things that worked and didn't work. And How job about changes, all the that yeah, you right,
0: make, right. all the t- idiot guys that you're about to date, <laughs> right. you know, bad decisions... And listen, to my listeners, we are not judging. Mm -mm. I could do a whole podcast on all of the mistakes I made in my 40s.
1: Me too. And I'm
0: still making mistakes now.
1: But I think it's different when you make them. Like I think that, um, one, sort of like giving yourself the... uh, I always told my kids, you don't learn if you don't make a mistake. You know, so I, I think like having that attitude, like not to, not that you want to go out and make a mistake, but I think it's okay. Right. And I think when you're older and you learn, like, oh, I survived those things. I mm-hmm. did. You learn when, as you get older, one of the advantages of in your 50s is that hindsight to be like, you know what? I've gotten over stuff before I'm going to get over this one too. Right.
0: You're much more calm. You're, you have a lot more grace about things. Sure. It's kind of like, okay, not a big deal. Right. Because to my listeners, what I found out is, you know, also in your 50s, stuff starts happening to people that you know, Mm. health-wise and job-wise and, of course, divorce and being a widow or a widower and all this really bad stuff starts happening Mm. that you hear about. And then, so these day-to-day things really don't mean so much.
1: I agree. I think even divorce. I remember I once said to my kids, they were upset about something early in the divorce and I said something like just because your parents are divorced doesn't mean you corner the market on problems. Ooh, right? I'm going to use that. <laughs> that. I'm going to make a graphic right after that and post that out. So you know it's like there are times when things that we might struggle with, people who are married struggle with them too. People who are married and in a good relationship struggle with them. People who are married who look like they're in a good relationship struggle with them too. And I think it was something about having both parents around. My kids were having trouble with an event or something like that. And I said, look, there's some parents who a parent has to travel for work and they're never home. A parent has a demanding job and is never home, you know, kind of thing. Can't make the daytime thing at school or whatever it might be. And... I didn't want them to use divorce as like the oh woe is me my life is terrible sort of thing and I think as adults we have to do the same thing right and so when you talk about things happening to people I think about that a lot like perspective like so the worst thing that ever happened to me you know okay Okay, this is the worst yeah when you
0: are going through oh no that's the worst it was the worst thing the worst. You can't even believe how bad it is at that time. But 100%. then, what Joe and I are trying to say is, as we're sitting here, we're like, eh, we got through it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, it and again, I mean, if I, I, you, I you couldn't have convinced me in the thick of it that it, it would even be close to this or that, I would feel this way. I would never would have believed you. I couldn't. I didn't eat for you know. I didn't know what was happening. I was numb for a few months. Right. I, mean, I totally was numb for a few months, and um, so. Yes. So I'm I glad would to mention that I actually
0: cry a ton. I couldn't get through a conversation with someone without crying, and I want to tell my listeners this. I did go on an antidepressant temporarily because I don't want anybody to be ashamed of it. So, I'm coming out in the open and saying I've actually been on it 3 times in my life at different times for like a year at a time, and it saved me. So, I remember my mom. I have like the best mom mm. in the world. And I called her and I was so embarrassed and ashamed. And she's like, look, if you broke your arm, you'd go to the doctor and you'd get a cast Absolutely. on it. This is no different. That's so anyone normal. out there, if you're thinking, oh, I should try to get through this through meditation and yoga, well, that's wonderful. If and it works for do, you. <laughs> and if that works, that's good. Right. But if you're doing that and it's not enough, don't be ashamed to go on medication. A hundred percent, yeah. So let's move on to what happens physically Mm. in your 50s. So I personally think that 50-year-old women look in the mirror, we see every bulge, we see every vein, we see every wrinkle, and we are so critical of ourselves.
1: Yeah, more than ever. I think i agree with you about that
0: Now, But don't you think women at all
1: ages are like that? Probably. (laughs) Probably. I think so. But I also think, like, 50s today is young. I think mm-hmm. it's young. So I think, yeah, I mean, I would like to have, you know, the skin around my eyes look a little different. <laughs> but, but I also feel, I do feel like I have a lot, you know, like I have tons of energy. I want to do things. I feel like there's so much time in front of me, although I do notice the difference, like in the time tables, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. I think we, I think, do, no- we do notice everything. I think you bring
0: up such a great point when you just said, But, you know, I'm looking in the mirror. So here's the key. When you're in your 50s, you look at all this physical stuff, and you're like, oh, and you look back at (laughs) pictures, and you go, I was so much prettier. But inside, you're so much more powerful and confident Mm -hmm. in many ways. True. And I think I like myself better in my 50s.
1: I definitely like myself better now.
0: You know, and also I don't care as much what people think. I never care. I don't get embarrassed. (laughs) I went out to dinner with my daughter last night in yoga pants with no makeup. I went to a neighborhood bar where I knew I would see tons of people, which I did. And honestly, Joe, I had the best time because we decided to do it spur of the moment. Yeah. And the old me, when I was young, would have been like, oh no, I have to go home and put on makeup and wear a cute outfit. Definitely
1: not. So, I had a great time. Yeah, I think what I think I share this with you because I, I think it's about really being able at this age to focus on what's meaningful. Um, and not get caught up in so much of the other stuff. So you're you were focused on like you know having a great time with your daughter, taking advantage of a spontaneous moment, and you didn't have to overthink it.
0: Right. And I want people though to listen to this. It's not that Joe and I or any other fifty year old woman doesn't care about their looks. Oh, believe you me, <laughs> I do a lot. I try to take care of myself. Sure. To look the best I can physically, but there's so much more involved as far as how you feel, not just how you look. I agree. And then you find out that the two are almost the same. The better you feel, the better you're going to look. If you feel really good, your body probably looks pretty good. Is it
1: perfect? No. But
0: if it's healthy, it's good.
1: I agree. I think that for sure. I mean, I think more than ever, actually, we have to put in effort because we do see things that are happening to people around us and we are concerned about i mean more so about health i think than i ever was in my whole life so yes of course i do care about it but i think it's different um it's just different at this age it comes with a a sense of um peace about it too
0: acceptance yeah so much acceptance yeah and you have to have that like i don't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. i just have to be healthy yeah Right? yeah yeah. oh that's a good quote too yeah. <laughs> I should be writing these down let's move on to romantic relationships tell me how you feel about yourself when you're in a relationship with somebody as far as what kind of a partner you are versus what you were when you were much younger
1: so I was so young when I started dating the man that I married you know and we kind of like sort of grew up together sort of figured it out together right not independently so I think when I got divorced the first thing I had to do is sort of figure myself out a little bit and that and I did start dating right away um I think what's interesting is I know one thing I struggled with was can I trust my judgment again right you know, this happened, like, what? you know. Look who I picked. (laughs) Look what he did to me What's going to happen now, right? Can I trust, like, how do I know I don't want this to happen again, right? Is it me, right? We all do the whole, like, is it me? Because a lot of us were told it was us, even though maybe we (laughs) learned it really wasn't about us, right? You know, can I ever really care about somebody? I thought that was the person I was going to be with for the rest of my life, you know? So all these things about, like, and now what am I supposed to do, like, go online or get fixed up or meet this person, you know, spend time with somebody. I mean, it was just so foreign to me. So I think the dating process taught me some things. When something didn't feel right, I was done. When something didn't sound right, I was done. I mean, I'm kind of a no-nonsense person My anyway. My sister
0: got divorced also, and she used to say, if it ain't fun, I'm done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Another good quote. Yeah. But um, I just, I think it... I, I refed my, into you know, like, my con- being convinced that, like, what I knew, I knew, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've heard people say, like, I don't know, I've been on four dates, I'm not sure how I feel, I'll go and I was like, I, I would never have, you know, done that. Nice right. person, that's fine, but to me, if it didn't feel like somebody I really wanted to be with, then, whether yeah. that was to be with for the time period, right, whether to have, um... You know, a relationship. It wasn't that I was looking for somebody that I had to get married to right away. But if it didn't, if it wasn't somebody I really wanted to spend time with, I didn't feel like I, I was just sure. Here is a
0: general rule of advice for my listeners. Tell me if you agree with this. Okay. If you're getting ready to go out with someone Mm -hmm. and you're not like really excited about it, and you've already gone out with them a few times.
1: That's I not know. a good sign. I 100% agree. But like, don't
0: just go to go. No. You can go and say, okay, I'm not interested in him as a romantic partner, but he's awesome and I love being friends with him.
1: That's good, a good reason. Or um, I have a friend who has set up so many people she's gone out with with other friends of hers. Oh, I love yeah. platonic. Male yeah, because friends. she's like, you know what? We're not right, but I know somebody you should. That's like on great. a date. She'll be like, I know somebody you should go out with. I want That's to introduce great. you to my friend. So it's not that the time is lost, even if it's not going to be a partner of yours. But if it's really not something you want to do, I just think I would be better off. My personality, I'd just be better off not not going. I know people. I would hear somebody one of my girlfriends would say, "Um, well, girls got to eat," meaning like have somebody take it on a date. Ew. And I, yeah, right. That was my reaction. I was like, I can get my own food. Like, I how can... about go to the grocery store? <laughs> Fill your house
0: up with food <laughs> and make yourself a delicious dinner I know. for yourself. Right. I can... Or order your favorite food from a restaurant. Yeah. Like you deserve that. Right. And how much self-love comes from just using somebody? I for a agree
1: hundred percent, right? Right, yeah. So right. i don't like a that.
0: couple more things that I think I'm better in relationships at this age are that I'm such a better partner because I'm more thoughtful. I'm more appreciative of the relationship, I'm more patient, I'm more respectful, and I'm less critical, impulsive, and get this one, mean. Mm. I think... I think certain people bring out the best in you. Other people bring out not so great. And then others bring out the worst in you. And I really believe in a couple of my past relationships, they brought out the worst in me. And I don't know if it's age or the right person or a combination of both, but I'm such, I really like myself in Mm. my current relationship Mm -hmm. because I'm like a good partner. That's interesting. You know, I'm really trying to be as giving as possible because I want to do that. Nice. And I think when people are younger they don't think that way as much.
1: Right.
0: I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. What about regrets? Mm. Tell me about that.
1: I um I have a few and as I've gotten older I've been able to apologize for some. Sometimes I have, like reach out to people yeah, and apologize. Yeah. There were a few times where I should have said something or done something, and I didn't. It had nothing to do with my marriage. I had a friend that lost a sister when we were young, and I was young and dumb, and I didn't know how to deal with it, and I don't, I didn't feel like I did enough for her. So you said something? Mm-hmm. We reconnected. What was her reaction? She was like, oh, I cannot, I'm so sorry. You've been thinking about this this whole time. I've never given it another thought. And.
0: Aww. that's such a sweet story that's so nice um
1: okay and and
0: usually (laughs) like when people think someone's thinking someone they're not they're not so reaching out is the best thing you can do if there's anyone in your life that you regret that you're not in touch with or something i i actually just reached out to my college roommate freshman Mm. year and we lost touch haven't talked to her in literally 30 years. Wow. Maybe more. And I reached out to her on Facebook, and then we talked for like three wow. hours. She's coming to Chicago for something, and I'm going to see her. That's lovely. And I said to her, if I did anything to mm. cause us not staying in touch, I'm really sorry. And she's like, what are you talking yeah. about? I didn't stay in touch either. Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah, know, interesting, right? So I think it's interesting. It sort of releases that burden. It did te- that experience to me taught me to do those things faster so you don't have these regrets that you carry. You know what I mean? So to I've I've called my sister back after a conversation, you know, and been like, Did that did that upset you when I said that? Like just address Aww, it right away. So I think it's just better.
0: You know what I do? I call my other sister and go, <laughs> Oh, so and so is so mean
1: <laughs> I don't have a lot of regrets though. I really I think it's not really the healthiest thing to do to focus on things that may very unproductive yeah so if there's something you can do about it to clear the air or make you feel better you should and if not I I think that sometimes things happen and they don't always happen perfectly whatever that might be and we just have to sometimes the past is the past and move forward on a better place it's a
0: very toxic and unproductive emotion yeah and If you can't do anything about it, like you said, you have to try to move on. But a lot of times you can do something about it. Joe, we're almost out of time. Can you believe it? (laughs) I want to bring up one other thing that I think is important. Toxic relationships. And I'm not talking about men Mm -hmm. or romantic relationships. I'm talking about any relationships.
1: Tell any yeah, thoughts on that for sure, and it's interesting that you brought this up. And I can tell your listeners you do not know what I she I did not know you were going to ask that question. You don't know that I have a story to tell. So no, I realized I I have had um, friendships. I've had a, I had a work relationship that was toxic when I was in my twenties and thirties, and I had recently I had a long term friendship that was toxic, a long term friendship, and I had to cut it off. It was very much like a breakup, you know, mm-hmm. um, and um, I don't regret it, it was the right thing to do for me. It was probably not, the other person probably doesn't agree, that was the hard part, um, but um, I, think it's, I, I think it's better for both of us, but I don't think she thought that way. Um, so there wasn't a thing that happened, it was just not a healthy relationship.
0: Because it probably made you feel, like, tell me if this is true. Every time you talked to her or had an interaction, you didn't feel good about it.
1: Yeah, there was just a lot of stuff that wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, again, age and wisdom and those kinds of things. Of why Why? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I going to continue to do things that are going to make me feel this way? And I did. I, it wasn't easy. It was, but it was the right thing to do and... Um, You know, through other friends, like, it's, you know, sometimes I hear things, and I I don't wish anything bad for her. I hope things are great, but it's just not a relationship that I can have.
0: Well, it sounds like you love yourself enough to say, I deserve better, and I deserve to not have this toxicity in my life, because it's affecting me emotionally. And I know it's not easy to do. It wasn't easy. But I will tell you, on the flip side, I have made new friends in my, in the past few years that are very different. Like I have my high school friends, Mm -hmm. my college friends, friends that I have here, but I have made some friends that are not typical. Like I am friends with this guy, who's like 73 or 75 years old. And I just really like him and respect him. So I go visit him at his business like every few months. I have, I'm have. friends with like another 70-year-old woman. I'm friends with a girl who is 38 years old. We got to be friends. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about if you make a connection with someone, just make an effort to keep in touch, send them a text, give them a call, because that is just going to put you in a good place. Sending out that positive karma, it will come back to you and you'll feel good. Doing random acts of kindness and goodness really is a way to make the world Such a better warmer place. I agree. It
1: helps you as much as it helps the person that's on more Yeah more for sure, Right.
0: Mm-hmm. this has been wonderful And I want to tell you Joe you're one of my favorite people to talk to. Oh, thank you it, You really are the real deal. Thank you. You're genuine and Joe You're also a wonderful financial advisor. So if anybody is interested in having a consult with Joe, you can find her on Divorced Girl Smiling in the Trusted Partners section. Thank you so much for spending time. Thank you, Jackie. It's been great. And I want my listeners to know that Joe and I are going out for dinner (laughs) now. (laughs) I had to just be authentic and put that in there. But I want to tell my listeners that if you listen to this, Joe and I really hope that it gave you a lot of hope and inspiration that being in your 50s, being divorced is wonderful. And that's whether you have a significant other or not. And I promise you all good things are in in front of you and life is going to be beautiful if you have some patience and you make really good, smart choices. And if you make a couple of mistakes, that's okay, too. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you want to learn more, read articles or listen to more podcasts, come see me at DivorceGirlSmiling.com.